everybody. This is Stephanie Hansen, and you are listening to the Makers of Minnesota, where we talk to cool people doing cool things in the state of Minnesota. I have two guests today, and I'm very excited to talk with them. Jill Colello, who's been on the podcast before, who is in a new role now. She is the marketing director at Food Building in Northeast. And James Norton, who is the publisher of Heavy Table. Heavy Table is the newsletter that you can get by subscribing to Patreon. And he's also the founder of North Coast Nosh. And James, I'm going to start with you because when you guys started doing this North Coast Nosh, I think it was like 10 years ago. And I was so jealous that I hadn't thought of it first because it was such an amazing idea. Well, thank you. It, it, it really came out organically from a lot of conversations that I had with people as editor of The Heavy Table. One of the things that we try to do at Heavy Table is paint a picture of the landscape of artisans and purveyors working in the upper Midwest. And you start coming across people who are amazing cheesemakers or chocolatiers, people working with meat to make charcuterie, bakers, uh, tea importers, all these people who have all this specialized knowledge to make amazing food. And the thought just kind of bubbled up. But what if we, you know, put all these people in one place and let them share their flavors, share their stories, and kind of do it in an environment where it wasn't, you know, a thousand guests for one purveyor but it was more like 20 guests or 15 guests. And that would let people actually kind of have conversations and have bigger bites and go back for second tastes, stuff like that. Uh, and so we've done, I don't know, 14 or 15 of them uh, in normal times. And obviously it's the first one we've ever done during a pandemic. Yeah, we're all having to recreate what we do. Jill, speaking to recreating what you do, can you talk a little bit about uh, food building and how the pandemic has impacted you guys before we get to your role in North Coast Nosh? Absolutely. You know, I think, um, you know, here it's artisan food makers. So that's already sort of insanely creative and thoughtful people. And when you uh, bring challenges to people like that, you see amazing thinking. Um, you know, a great example is Red Table Meats. Uh, a lot of their clients were restaurants uh, serving their product and the need to pivot was obvious. And they started a whole pig custom salumi program um, where instead of, you know, people are familiar with getting a pig and then getting pork chops and bacon and all those kinds of things. In fact, you can get a pig or go in with friends or family and they will turn it into any kind of charcuterie you want. Um, and it, as it becomes available over the year, you pick it up and there's recipes and ideas. And it's been incredibly popular. Um, nothing like it in nationwide. And, you know, so here we are. Um, it, it's been an interesting and great pivot. Um, Bakersfield, uh, they have the only commercially operational mill here in the Mill City. When everybody was sold out of flour because Bakersfield is so sort of regionally connected to their farmers, they could keep cranking it out. So um, a silver lining there. And what that did was um, have the leadership put more focus on flour milling and availability. And we've actually added a second mill since then. What's so funny about that is I knew about Bakersfield. I've had your breads, your cookies, and but I'd never actually bought any flour. And during the pandemic, Nobody had flour. And I was like, oh, I know who will have flour. And I have just been a total convert. I'm not a great baker, but I'm probably good enough for home. And I introduced my husband to it for making pizzas. And 
we've really just, it's a really dynamic product and super different than any flower you've ever worked with. And it's just kind of piqued my interest more even in heritage grains because it's just such a lovely, beautiful flower to work with. And so I was like, wow, it took me a pandemic to actually find this flower, even though I've been eating these products since they started making them. So that was kind of a silver lining. And I can see other people maybe found their way to you through that way, too. Absolutely. And the best part is it all comes from right in our own backyard, which is very much what North Coast Nosh is all about. So if we talk about, so Makers of Minnesota has, I started this podcast three years ago for the same reason that Jim started uh, Heavy Table, the newsletter, it sounds like. It was, here we are, we live in this great community, we have all these people doing these super cool things, and we would interview them on the Weekly Dish radio show, but we'd get, you know, 10 minutes with them, and they would just get into sort of talking about what it was that they did and the love of it, and we'd have to cut them off and go to break. So I was like, wow, there's so much more to these stories. I should be able to spend more time with these people and really help them get their story out. And there's nothing like going to a place and discovering it through food and heavy table. Jim, I just want to say that your ability to make places come alive through food and your writing has really been incredible to me. Like the whole um, university, the Green Line and the coverage that you guys have done along the Green Line. Personally, I probably tried 10 different restaurants that I would have never gone in had I have not read about them in um, your newsletter. So I would encourage everybody to subscribe. You used to have more of a web model and now to pay you and to pay the writers and the photographers that you employ, you use the Patreon model. Can you explain that a little bit in case people want to subscribe? Yeah, sure. So Heavy Table, for the first nine years of its existence, was a website at heavytable.com. And our financial model was advertisers and underwriters would kind of support the site. Facebook started just devouring the ability to grow organically on the web, organically on social media. Advertisers started slipping away. More and more of them are going kind of Facebook only And I was at a real kind of cul-de-sac from that perspective. Uh, I took a job at the Growler Magazine for a couple of years as a food editor. The pandemic wiped out their beer festival. And so I thought, okay, I want to stay in this sphere. I want to keep telling these stories of these makers, of these restaurants, of this food that defines our region. And the Patreon model, you'll still get new content on heavytable.com a couple times a week. But the really like the substantial stuff, the big stuff tends to come out through the Friday newsletters. And people subscribe for $5 a month or $10 a month if they want both newsletters at patreon.com slash heavy table. And so every week kind of new stuff comes out there. One of the things that subscribers get, for example, is they heard about the Nosh before the general public did. And they got the details. They got the opportunity to buy tickets early. And it's kind of like it's uh, I'm cultivating so almost like a core super user, uh, really passionate readers. Well, people like you, Stephanie, who want to go to University Avenue and try all the restaurants, like those are the kind of people I really want to talk to. And that's kind of how the site is pivoting. And so far, so good. People have really been subscribing in good numbers and the feedback for the newsletters has been great. So I'm, I'm you know, hopeful and excited to keep it rolling. And I'm really excited about North Coast Nosh because we're in, we're in a pandemic. We're starved for experiences, happy experiences, food experiences. And, you know, what I really hope the North Coast Nosh will do is take, you know, 15, 16, 17 different really great artisan purveyors, bring them into people's homes and start making those connections between 
the, the, the consumer between the passionate diner and between the makers. And that's that's the goal of the event. Okay, James, why don't you tell us how the event works so that people can get tickets? Absolutely. So people go online and you can find the link at heavytable.com and, uh, or at the Food Buildings website. To get tickets for $50, the day of the NOSH, which is December 4th, which is a Friday, between noon and 6 p.m., you can swing your car by the Food Building. We'll have a little map for this. And people will run a box out to your car with different items from at least 15, but I'm thinking probably 16 or 17 different Upper Midwestern purveyors. You're going to get stuff like uh, coffee. You're going to get gourmet soda. There's going to be meat. There's going to be cheese. There's going to be all sorts of really interesting things. And when you come home uh, at 6 p.m., you can pop on a a Zoom event, uh, which Stephanie, you've been kind enough to host, which we're super excited about. And we'll have a few makers kind of talking about what they do and how they do it. There might be a demonstration or two. So you're going to get a real kind of edible sip and sample uh, effect with everything that's coming out of your box. And then a little bit of that Q&A face-to-face time, virtually speaking, through Zoom. Whole thing is distance. The whole thing's going to be very safe. And it should also be extremely delicious. One of the things I miss so much about the food community is a eating in restaurants and experiencing that vibe and those purveyors and knowing those chefs picked those people to carry in their restaurant, but B, you know, sampling at grocery or being at a farmer's market and actually getting to talk to the purveyor. So I love that we're going to get an opportunity to do that and to be introduced to some new people. And, you know, I was talking to someone earlier in the season when the pandemic started it, and they said that sampling accounted for about 30 to 40% of their sales. So these types of events where we can get the backstories of the makers and get excited about them really are the backbone of helping these people survive this pandemic, right? We're eight months in. It looks like we have at least another eight to 12 months to go. And I think that's being pretty conservative. So I love that you're creating ways to help us help these makers in order to get to the next level. And a lot of these makers are doing sales for holiday and gift boxes. And Jill, I know you're doing some of that at Food Building. You are turning the corner on really providing like pantry, but also gifting items. So how will that work at Food Building for holiday? Exactly. So we uh, we do have a different gift boxes and baskets and things available for order. But what we're also finding is that people are missing the connection. And so we've worked with uh, nonprofit groups and, and large employers to create like individual charcuterie boards that they're going to send to all their employees. Uh, this is incredibly fun with, uh, we have a, a customer who is sending them along with champagne and like luxurious furry slippers. I mean, it's the sense of, you know, everybody's getting the same thing and it's a sense of connection. The other thing that we're doing is inviting makers into our retail space in Kieran's kitchen. We're lucky because we have a a physical space and a retail platform. And for so many talented makers out there who rely on the holiday pop-ups and showcases those are all canceled this year. So if, you know, we've invited them to be in our shop so that people can come and shop safely and socially distance. And we are delighted to be that platform. James, I'm going to throw you a kind of a curveball here. So just FYI. So North Coast Nosh, you've been doing this a long time. You know, these makers intimately, dare I say, you probably know them way more than I do. So here's what I want. 
I have this idea and a bunch of friends have been doing and it's cold now, but when we were in the fall, we were doing like little happy hour boxes that we were making. And then we would sit outside or sit by a fire or sit in a garage socially distance. And we would give each person their box and then they would bring their own cocktail. If you were going to make like a holiday box to deliver to someone, maybe that's in your family that you're not going to be able to spend time with. And you just could have like a cheese, a meat, and one other thing, what might you put in your holiday box? If you're, we have a lot of people that can't get together for Thanksgiving. And so I'm encouraging people to bring them pies, bring them a little box of goodies, do something that you can get connected, stand outside the front door, eight feet away, wave, and not miss your holiday completely. Yeah, I, uh, gosh, there's so many good choices for that. One of the things that I might think about is investigating Redhead Creamery. They're a cheesemaker here in Minnesota. They've been doing some really interesting new age cheeses. Uh, they've been doing very well in competitions because they take their work really seriously. It's an adorable kind of farmstead operation, and the quality of product is great. And they make little, like, four-ounce giftable, uh, you know, cheeses that would go really well in a basket like that. Jill, is is Alamar doing that brie and crout? Is that is that rolling out for consumption? Yeah, that that's an amazing product. It's really interesting. It's kind of a a, um, a cheese wrapped in a pastry sheet that you can take from frozen to oven and turn into this like amazing kind of appetizer experience. And you want to talk about cold weather comfort? I mean, I think that is like right on the money. And then another thing I would say, if you're not familiar with St. Croix Chocolate Company, Robin Docterman, the person who runs that, she does such incredible, gorgeous work. Her stuff has an amazing sheen to it. She uses great use of color, and she'll do like these little Christmas trees and snowmen and stuff like that. Uh, Truffles, hot cocoa bombs, you're sitting around a fire pit, hot cocoa, drop a hot cocoa bomb in there. Her stuff's really cool and really seasonally appropriate. That'd be right on the money for that uh, for that application. Yeah, I'm so excited about that. Okay, so we're going to have about 15 to 20 makers, it sounds like. So that's a lot. Are When people come to pick up their box, it sounds like these are going to be big boxes or will they be sample sizes? Uh, I would say we encourage all the makers to do uh, share products that have a sort of a, a perceived retail value of around $5 each. Uh, so some of them might be fairly small, little four ounce cheeses or four ounce bottles or something. I know some companies are going a little bigger. So there may be a couple surprises in there that are more like full retail size products. So I think it's going to be not a massive box that you struggle to carry, but I think it's going to be fairly large. Um, and there'll be a lot, a lot of content in there. There'll be a lot of things to snack on, a lot of things to try. And it's going to go in a lot of different directions. Everything from like fine home cocktailing to uh, granola to roast coffee. I mean, it's it's going to be a lot of different meals, a lot of different parts of the day. Um, I think it's going to be a really fun experience to kind of get in there and explore what's uh, what's coming from the makers. All right. And it's $50 a ticket and you can get tickets at, tell me your websites again. So I make sure, because I know you're both selling tickets. Though you can find those on Eventbrite. And heavytable.com will have a link up uh, that you can find it there too. Thank you. Because sometimes I think Eventbrite, it makes it hard to find things. So um, heavytable.com and tickets are on sale through Eventbrite. I'm really looking forward to it. You guys are the best. Thank you for joining me. Can I just ask a personal question? Because you're both cooks too. What are you doing for Thanksgiving? Are you cooking or are you going to be taking out? Because I think 
with the governor's orders, everybody's like having to change up their plans kind of at the last minute. Uh, I think, you know, I, I used to live in Boston and I worked for a newspaper there and I always had to uh, stay in Boston for Thanksgiving and not go home to the Midwest because I would take Christmas off. It's kind of a trade there. So I just got really good at making an entire Thanksgiving dinner for myself and I'd live off the leftovers for three days. It was weirdly fun and kind of empowering. And so I, I really love doing that. Of course, I've got my whole family now, so I'll make it for them. But I think the the, the centerpiece is going to be a whole smoked turkey. That's kind of like, that's the dish I've really come to love over the years. So we'll be we'll be doing a traditional style. Jim, I always love to hear about you and your wife, Becca, who was a friend of ours. Um, you guys always did a good Friendsgiving, too. I bet you're going to miss that this year. Yeah, we're doing it distanced. Uh, we've got friends who fly in from uh, Washington and California and D.C. and New York every year to Minnesota in February to celebrate with us, which is crazy on the face of it. But we're not going to do that this year. We're, I think we're all going to come up with something special to share and mail it out to each other and then probably do some sort of online meeting. Because we want to we keep the tradition strong, but we gotta we got to change it up. I love it. Jill, what will you be doing for Thanksgiving? Well, you know, we're still defining that, but um, my significant other is quite a technician when it comes to cooking and baking. And so last night we had a trial pie. So um, it's one of those things. It's not going to be quantity, but quality. And I think um, that's the direction a lot of people are going this year uh, because it's not cooking for 20, it's cooking for two. And so uh, to really dial it in and and make it the best that it can be to, to please ourselves. So yes, it was a caramel apple pie, uh, which I had some for breakfast. And um, so there's already notes on refinements, which will be deployed for Thanksgiving. Yum, yum. That sounds delicious. I personally am going to be going for the best champagne I can buy too, just to make it feel extra special, right? Mm -hmm. All right, guys, it's North Coast Nosh. I'm looking forward to hosting with you. And thanks for uh, providing this opportunity for the makers. And I wish you a great season. And I'm looking forward to spending time with you on December 4th. Thanks. Very good. All right, guys. Thanks.